friends, welcome to another episode of Drink and Discuss. My name is Christine Kim. And I'm Karen Go. Today in this special Halloween episode, we are joined by Steve Yurchek, um, also my coworker. And he was actually, he gave us the idea for this episode today to do this Halloween episode. So how are you doing, Steve? Uh, doing all right. <laughs> it's a uh, cold rainy and wet out cold rainy day and i'm lugging around a suitcase because i'm about to go to dc so uh you know it's great yeah it's it's going perfectly fine oh yeah yeah, definitely (laughs) um all right this morning's been been something (laughs) (laughs) so in today's episode of drink and discuss we will teach you how to mix a simple cocktail then give you a boozy movie review uh, standard disclaimer, we are not professional mixologists nor film critics. We're just three millennials trying to get tipsy and talk about movies. In this episode, we will be reviewing The Shining by Stanley Kubrick and mix a drink. <laughs> yes, as Steve said, it will mix a drink named Red Rum. <laughs> Alright, so Karen, what are we drinking today? We're drinking red rum. Um, (laughs) Very, very not clever, (laughs) low-hanging fruit, but that's what we're making. Okay, so we just get a cup of ice, and we'll fill that cup with ice, actually. I would hope so. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then you get half a shot of lavender syrup, um, half half a shot of grenadine, one shot of white rum, and you can finish it up with club soda. And yeah. once you mix that together, you have red rum. Yeah, and if you put it in that order, you can get this like nice uh, gradient going on in the cup. Floater. Yeah, make sure the... Whatever it's called. Is know. that what it's called? Well, I, I know that if you add stuff at the end and you don't really mix it in, it kind of just hovers near the top. It's called the floater. Huh. Oh. But I guess, I don't know what you would call it if it's at the bottom, a sinker. Like, a sinker. <laughs> We made a nice sinker today. (laughs) So, Steve, what do you think of the cocktail? Um, The lavender comes through uh, pretty strong. I actually did catch a hint of rum in the beginning. Um, Or, like, the first time I took a sip, I was like, oh, there's the rum. And then I was like, oh, there's the lavender. Oh, there's the cherry. Yeah. It's a different taste every time you take a sip. (laughs) No, not really. It it is very persistently lavender, which I like. I've only recently Mm. discovered lavender in a drink as a thing. Yeah. Um, Well, I discovered today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't put flowers in drinks. So, I don't know. Um, But it's it's, it's pretty good, though. Um, What's probably also worth noting is that Karen added wine to hers. So, <laughs> yeah, so hers so is a, a distinctly like darker shade of red. Like more think, blood-like. Think, yeah. think uh, blood out of the elevator red. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, but I I wanted to counter a bit of the sweetness of the syrup with something more sour, so I went with the wine. But it is a sweeter wine, so I'm not sure if I succeeded in that. What would you go with, like a like a Merlot or like? I, no, I it was know. um a four dollar bottle of wine from Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh God. I'm so used to that being two buck chuck, and then it became three buck two chuck. Two buck chuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that became $3. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it is well, I, I like this cocktail. I mean, the first one that I mixed, it was, like, way too sweet, put in way too much syrup. But I think I hit a nice balance with mine now. Um, I think Steve and Karen both said it's too sweet. But 
I think I like sweet. But I, I appreciate <laughs> the sweetness. This is yeah. it, the first one was definitely too sweet. This yeah, one, oh, yeah. this one's at a pretty good point. Though. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I it reminds me of Shirley Temple actually. Oh yeah, I was yeah. actually Ooh, looking yeah. up like recipes for that earlier today. But yeah, I I I think it um it just tastes like soda. <laughs> I actually don't taste much of the rum. Definitely the lavender comes through. I mean, the club soda will just kind of hide most of it, and the syrup to me. Mm. I didn't. I don't taste any rum, like at all. Yeah, it just feels like yeah. there's. Like, did, you did put rum in there. Right? I did put. Rum. <laughs> okay. You can't sir. see it in case you forgot. <laughs> it's just red. I made sure no to rum. put all my alcohols. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but I think this would be a nice like punch-like thing to have at a party or something. Like, doesn't yeah. taste like alcohol. And if you want it to be extra mm. red, you can go for the wine. Yes. Yeah. Extra right. spooky. So today, before moving on to the review, I'll give a little disclaimer. Since this is more than three decades old, <laughs> we will not be doing a non-spoiler section. Um, so we're going straight into the spoiler section. So be ready for that. We're diving right in. Yeah, we're diving right in. So review coming up now. Yay. I don't suppose they... Uh told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? Well, a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Welcome to the review of The Shining. As I reminded you guys before, this is a full spoiler section. We will not have a non-spoiler section. So diving right in, Steve, when did you first watch this movie? And what were your expectations before you watched it? Oh, God. So I was a lot younger than I am now, for, for <laughs> one. I want to say I was like maybe like 10 or 11. Um, my, I, I watched a lot of like older movies with my dad, um, like from the 80s, 70s, and stuff like that. A lot of James Bond. Um, I remember watching Terminator with him as well. And, mm-hmm. and one day, we, um, he was just like flipping through the TV. I think we were just like folding clothes or something, and The Shining was on. He's like, oh, do you want to watch it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Then we realized yeah. it's halfway through the movie. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I saw the second half first. Um, I think from like around where he's he's talking to the uh to delbert grady in the bathroom of the ballroom oh right yeah yeah so basically that point onwards so i missed the entire like who the hell is delbert grady or i'm like what's happening why yeah, is he here <laughs> exactly and he had a different name in the beginning too which i'm flipping through my notes trying to find it i think it's a different grady I think uh, his charles first, grady yeah his oh, first name yeah. Different. oh so, i didn't even realize yeah. that <laughs> so in in the beginning conversation uh Stuart Ullman, I think, is the guy in the office's name. He's mm-hmm. talking with with Jack, and he says, "Yeah, well, Charles Grady, our last, uh, right. our last um, winter caretaker. Winter, yeah, our, our last caretaker uh, murdered his family." And Jack's like, "Oh, well, <laughs> that's okay." Not be me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love hearing during a job interview. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about axe murder? I don't know. <laughs> do I have to participate? Uh, <laughs> But um, going way back. Anyways, so I didn't know who, and it's Delbert Grady later on in the movie, but I didn't know any, understand any of that context. My dad kind of briefly explained to me, and I was like, oh, okay. And then it, and then I think, like, the first scene I saw Shelley Duvall as Wendy was when she's going through the papers that all say oh, Jack is... All uh, work and... All work and no play makes yeah. Jack a dull boy. Um, so I was just like, oh, this is a horror movie. 
But I distinctly remember thinking that the blood scene was not all that scary. Oh. The blood out of the elevator. Um, yeah. So I as were, a 10-year-old, were you scared at any point of this movie? Um, I Second think, half of the movie. Yeah, second oh, half. Yeah, so three points then. Dick's death, definitely. Um, um, that mm-hmm. that kind of comes out of nowhere. That kind of like breaks your heart to watch. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Um, then there was the bear scene, which I do want to talk about at some mm. point. No, we'll bring it up again later. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was just just confused more than anything. <laughs> I was sure. just like, what What the hell did they just zoom in on? And this was actually a TV cut, too. So they, they only cut to, to the guy leaning over and, and uh, the bear by him. You don't actually see any of what's going on in the room, <laughs> uh-huh. which also isn't really all that obvious, but... Um, yeah, and then the third thing that scared me was the sudden cut to Jack Frozen. Just oh, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then that was, I don't know. That was really what, like, freaked me out the most. I mean, it wasn't like a, yeah. I probably would have been scared of the whole women in the bathroom scene, but I didn't mm, see that, right, so I yeah. missed that part. So when did you watch the entire movie or the first half? <laughs> um, About a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> But, but but before that, in high school, I read the book as well. So like I, uh, I was just like, oh, I remember seeing the last mm-hmm. half of this movie, and then I got the chance to watch the movie again recently because my dad was like, oh, let's watch a scary movie, and I'm like, all right, The Shining's here, let's do it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. And here we are. I see. Yeah, Karen and I watched the movie together, first. Yeah. yeah, together for the first time last Sunday. So oh, you know. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Before that, I personally haven't ever really seen mm. any of it except maybe like. GIFs or like scenes here and there and heard like dialogue from the it. endless GIF of Jack Chan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Karen, yeah. what were your expectations before watching this movie? Well, I mean, uh, The Shining has been, you know, kind of on its own pedestal for like, for, like a long time um, as like one of the, I think people say it's one of the best horror movies or like the best horror movies of all time or something like that. So like being someone who's really into the genre, I really wanted to watch this movie for a really long time. And, like, I would turn it on, and then, like, I sit through it. Like, I try to sit through, like, you know, the whole, like, car driving down the road scene. It's just, like, five minutes into the movie. You and mean, the like, car- the intro, like, yeah. first scene? Yeah, and the car is still driving. I'm just kind of like, you know, maybe now's not the time. <laughs> and then I check, you know, the, the bottom is, like, there's still, like, two and a half hours left of this movie left. Like, mm-hmm. of the movie left. So I'm just like, maybe not today. So yeah. that's it is just, a long movie. Yeah, it so is, what, just, like, longer than two and a half hours. Yeah, right? so that's just kind of me this whole time, like, with this movie. But, like, I'm really into Stephen King. I'm really into this movie. So I really had, I guess, a lot of expectations coming from it. Like, the twins are, like, a big thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I expected to be really impressed by the movie. Uh-huh. It sounds like you were not. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I, I am watching it 30 years later. Right. And I, I do have a background of, you know, a bunch of this genre. So I've been scared, like, countless times maybe I've been numbed by some of the things that should scare me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I didn't find this movie scary per se, but, like, I don't find any movie scary. So I don't really... That's <laughs> really, not... You're the worst people to talk about this movie. I am like. desensitized oh, no. from for horror movies. Yeah. Um, the internet's scary. <laughs> life is scary. Real life is scary. Um <laughs> But I can, I can, even though it is uh, made in the 1980s, uh, in 1980, I can still appreciate it, I guess. And going into the movie, like, I obviously have not 
really seen it or know what it was about. I just knew it was a long movie,、mm-hmm. and so I wasn't honestly super all that excited about going to see it. But I was like, I should at some point in my life.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So actually, when Karen and I were watching it, full disclosure, we were drinking. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised, given、yeah. the context of this podcast. Exactly. Who well, knew? We love drinking. <laughs> given the length of this movie, please come on. Oh god, yeah, it's, it's something. It is a marathon. <laughs> yeah. yeah.、Um, so I think it's definitely a different type of viewing when you're watching it. Like we weren't drunk, but if you're watching it while drinking, it's. A different like、mm-hmm. feeling than if you're actually just trying to like really focus on what's happening and like pay attention to details. Yeah.、Um, but like, over, oh, yeah. I feel、on. like if you're watching it while high, that would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a thing to try <laughs> next Halloween. Try Maybe the the blood from the elevators will really be scary. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry.、Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that.、Um, so I mean, overall, I really enjoyed them. Enjoyed watching it at the end of it because I think it made a great combination of like low expectations and lots of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that's maximum enjoyment. All right,、um, okay. this is a movie review. No, I want to say though that I did get. I mean, I did enjoy it, but like I was kind of. I mean, this is kind of going a bit past what this segment is really about. But like, I was torn between like what was I really supposed to be scared about? Like, was it? Like Jack's kind of struggle, or is it like the house, the ho- the hotel being haunted? You know, because I didn't get for was, me, I didn't get too much of the haunting. Okay,、uh, I got more of his like little like little all, everyone's like little mental torment、right. for themselves.、Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I got to be more scary. Yeah, I mean, I the scary element in the movie. I agree with you that like I don't I don't feel like the movie is necessarily horror in a sense. I feel like it's more thrilling than anything.、Mm. But where the、mm. movie. For me, like what I value in it is is how creepy it is, and I mean, like, <clears throat> for example, like if you pay a lot of attention to the to the architecture of, of the、uh, the different scenes that you see, you find you kind of realize that eventually the layout of the building doesn't make sense. I mean, part of that is just because like they have you know they have different sets for each room, but they purposely、mm-hmm. designed it so that like there would be windows where there wouldn't be windows、oh, and doors was, like, led to place. Oh, this was like all conscious decisions that were made. I that's to my understanding. Oh, okay. <laughs> but all, but yeah, and, and、okay. if you do pay attention to these sorts of things, it's a little it's a little jarring. And 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 additionally, they have like weird、um, time gaps where you'll. I think the first scene where Jack talks to Lloyd, the bartender,、um, the bar is set up, and Lloyd is in like a very you know retro outfit,、mm-hmm. and Jack's sitting there in his whatever the hell seventies eighties outfit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the rest of the dining room is like empty,、mm. and like. Clearly disheveled and and just you know, in the present day or well present day relative to the movie, right? But um, <laughs> it's it's still stuck in the present day and and it's very jarring to see like someone from the past coming in and saying, yeah, well I'm I'm here from the fifties. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then later on, you see that room again, but as it is re- as it was restored back to、mm-hmm. actually I said the fifties. It's probably the twenties. <laughs> is the more、yeah. the more fair statement. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it, it's that kind of like jarring confusion that 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 I think is what drives the movie more more than like、yeah. outright jump fear, kind of like a、stuff. creepy like what's happening kind of thing. It's more suspenseful. Suspenseful, right?、Yeah. I don't know how how well that worked for me because honestly, it wasn't. 
Well, I don't think it w- much was resolved at the end, and it was just yeah. leaves a lot of questions. Like, why is he seeing like ghosts from the past, and like, why is all of this happening? You're not supposed to feel that sense of resolution. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was gonna say because they do focus on a picture of him in a like oh like at the ending yeah in with the 1920s the, and, yeah, yeah with the yeah. party, and they were saying. I mean, I I did watch other videos like analyzing the movie mm-hmm. afterwards. Oh, same. <laughs> just to, to kind of get a feeling over mm-hmm. you know people's take on it, um, and then they were saying that it's supposed to be a cycle of like I think. Um, I think we watched the same video. Aggression. Cycle of violence. Yeah, something yeah. like yeah. I I read a post on Reddit, and that said the same thing. <laughs> so I guess oh, it's no. a, like a similar analysis yeah, yeah. Uh, of the movie, like where he's supposed to keep doing this, like he's supposed to reincarnate and keep, like, I guess, continuing the cycle of aggression. And, and yeah, the Charles Grady and, and Delbert Grady thing kind of ties into yeah. that. There's an argument that Charles Grady was a literal reincarnation of Delbert Grady, and likewise that Jack um, Torrance is mm. a reincarnation of some guy mm. who was a caretaker who also was violent towards his family and right. i don't know that video was kind of cool i liked it um yeah i mean i i like that idea and mm-hmm. i like that this movie um i mean stanley kubrick is a well-known director and like this movie i agree i think is well made and like if you watch it again and like really like pay attention to the details i'm sure you can get a lot of different interpretations out of it mm-hmm. and like the cycle of uh, abuse was one thing that one theory I read online that I really agree with Mm -hmm. and like I think that's really cool that it's there in the movie except like again just like casual viewing did not catch that Mm. just a lot of confusion I mean I I didn't catch that but it didn't surprise me honestly because I mean it is about alcohol abuse and Mm. like you know domestic violence yeah the caretaker yeah and the caretaker before him was right killed his family he killed his family like it wasn't when he's he tried to kill his family so -hmm. like it wasn't that big of a surprise when like that theory came out i i just like that's what for me though like because what really i feel like the focus of the movie kind of was the mental struggles of like almost like domestic abuse and like domestic violence and aggression it didn't have to be in a haunted hotel you know, like, I didn't really feel the ghost, well, I mean, like, it perpetuating. Well, it is supposed to be, like, a horror, right? Right, but, but I didn't feel the ghost perpetuating this. It was just kind of, like, him, like, oh, I'm, like, I don't want to drink, but I don't, I can't drink. I have to write this thing that I can't write. So I mean, I'm just the real, write. real ghost is Jack himself. So what you're saying is the hotel didn't cause it, though. But it's, he's, it's, that, it's, saying, it's, it's an internalized problem. Right, but I didn't really feel, like, the ghost talking to Jack, really. Like, I mean, maybe, like... I don't I, think they're supposed to be scary. I think they're just supposed to show how scary Jack is, maybe. But, like, why does he have to be scary in a haunted hotel? He could be scary anywhere else. Could well, be, like, I a deserted, think, like, factory, you I know? I see what like, you're saying. You know? Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was less of a haunted hotel thing and more of a... These people are trapped here with, no, like, no connection to the outside the world. isolation. Right? Yeah, the isolation. But the hotel is haunted. <laughs> you know? At least in the book it was. The but like you see, but Danny sees like those twins. Like I was I was kind of mad. I felt cheated because I was like waiting for the twins to do something to scare me. And they oh, just yeah. stood there. And I was just like, really? Well, th- there was the cut between them oh, yeah, being the, murdered. Them and, dead. And not yeah, but that murdered. was I, I like that scene. Yeah. I enjoyed <laughs> that, that scene. I mean, yeah. like, as a child, I think I would have been scared. But it was just like, oh, twins are there. Twins are gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, wow. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, and then, yeah. like, so then I was just kind of like, okay. 
they were murdered in this hotel. Like, what more do you want to tell me about these twins? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I did have that, like, so years of, you know, growing up on American, like, media. And, like, there's a bunch of, like, parodies about this movie, right? Or, oh, like, yeah. things you see. There's, so, there's a Simpsons one. Y- least, so yeah. I definitely, oh, I like, seen. heard about these mm-hmm. twins or I've seen these twins in some, like, different, like, yeah. parody reincarnations. So I oh. always thought they had a, like, really big role in the movie. Yeah. Not really. They yeah. So <laughs> they're just there. Yeah, they're just kind of there to yeah. be scary. And so I'm just mm-hmm. like, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was a little upsetting for me. Right. Um, what did you guys think about uh, Tony? Tony? Was, oh, you should go oh, first. So, Tony in the book is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all, you don't see this, but Christine's like moving her finger. <laughs> in case you don't remember who Tony was. <laughs> oh, Let me brush my teeth and talk to my buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was a whole thing. So, Tony was actually like a character in the book, unlike here where it's just like... A little finger. Tony, yeah, it's dish. Oh, Danny's wait, finger. so wait, who was Tony in the book? So Tony is, I mean, he's also like an effort, not a real person, but like, mm-hmm. he, to my understanding, the way that it was, and I actually had totally forgotten about this until I read it uh, a couple of days ago, was that Tony was actually like the spirit of Danny from the future or something oh. like that. But also like <laughs> Danny has some interactions with Tony as well. And like, you, you see the dialogue between <laughs> them. And I think, like, while Danny is, at least, so now jumping back into the movie, like, whenever Danny is talking to Dick via The Shining, um, Tony kind of just takes over, which Mm -hmm. is, which is why that whole segment where Tony had kind of just taken over from Danny was a thing. Because, Um, I mean, he basically wasn't talking to, or, or at least, like, that's, that was my understanding of the movie, was that when Tony takes over, when they're in the hotel, it's Danny, like, kind of, like, receding into, I don't know, some sort of inner conscience state and then right. telepathically communicating with Dick, which is why Dick then knew something was wrong in the first place. So, wait, is that gleaned from the book? Because when I was watching the movie, I... I oh, that's fair. I was, like... A little, I, a little bit, because because you do literally see a telepathic conversation occur between mm. between Dick and... Uh, and wow, I'm blanking. Danny. But you yeah. also see that happen earlier in the movie too, with the whole ice cream thing. Right. Was that telepathic? Yeah. Well, yeah, because because like Dick's talking and he looks at at um, Danny, and then they like, I don't know. Had a shining moment. Yeah, yeah. They, they shine. <laughs> yeah, they shine. <laughs> um, Wait. So, but I I remember that. But I I was gonna ask this right after the Tony question is that I don't remember them really talking to each other telepathically in no. any like sense that I can like glean from the movie yeah okay. it, it seemed like i think dick found something was wrong because he called like the control center was like oh hey there's a blizzard are they doing okay like can you talk oh. to them or something like so that. i mean like okay. it was like i i think it was implied that like he could somehow know what was going on well he sensed that something was yeah, wrong. That's but i didn't I know to what extent mm. right i knew like maybe oh maybe he's like Getting, like, distress signals via The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, super clear. Also, I find it strange that this movie is named The Shining. But I'm it so doesn't little, happen, but really. And, yeah. like, Dick is such, like, a... He's such a minor character in this movie. He, he's a major character in the book. Oh, uh, yeah. That is also a thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, because, like, him and Danny are the only two people that can, like, shine, right? And mm. it's, <laughs> it's acknowledged that there are others. Oh, well, like, but like, but in like, this you don't story? see them within the context of the story. It's just that, right? So, like, 
but then in the movie, it's like Dick sort of like introduces himself. Be like, yeah, I can shine too. And then he goes away. Yeah. And then when he comes back, he gets immediately killed. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's like, oh my god, wait, I, they, it's a blizzard happening. Let me go see if I can help them. Gets killed and just dies. And that was it. All that he did, it. all he did, was bring the snow cat. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he inadvertently saves everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Dick. Oh. I like that character. I wish he had a bigger part in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. I think I was watching a, the same analysis video. It was saying it was calling Dick a father figure for Danny. Oh, and I was like, but there and that was so. In the books. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop like, saying that. <laughs> no, but that that makes me want to read the books now, though. No, yeah, but I was yeah. gonna say because there's a lot of arguments in the comments section, like book versus movie. But like, you know, you can't really compare yeah. adaptations. Right. It should yeah. stand for itself, the movie. Yeah, and Kubrick uh, very much did take his own thing. He did. I heard at the. I think at the end of the hotel was supposed to burn, but like yes, in the it's movie, it's supposed to explode. Oh, yeah. And like I think there's a. I saw a clip of uh, Stephen King himself saying like, I, I he didn't like the movie. He did not like the movie. At yeah. All. yeah, he was saying like, um, well, he said that um, he made Jack's character the father. Like he he was a more of a more of a father, I guess, more of a loving character. He had more mm-hmm. dimension to him. I think the problem yes. was that there was a lot of monologues of just. Jack oh, thinking right. and okay. that couldn't translate to the movie. Yeah. And I guess that translates I guess this is to... a very introspective movie. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean in the, in the movie too like you never really see Jack as a father. Like the first time no. you see Jack he's a little bit disheveled and yeah. he only gets more disheveled over the course of the movie. But even like the the handful of interactions he has with the rest of his family with with Wendy and and Danny in the car or with Wendy and when in, during the typewriter scene or mm-hmm. Danny when he's in the bedroom like they're all very awkward. They feel very forced. Yeah. He, he feels as though he, like, it, it feels like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Really. At no point in the movie did I think, oh, Jack is a good father or trying his no. best. I was just like, this <clears throat> is a shit person. He goes to his wife as a sperm bank. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think, like, kind of speaks to Wendy's character a lot. Because, like, so, so one of Stephen King's major criticisms of the movie was that, was that, Stanley Kubrick changed Wendy's character to basically be like a I don't want to use the phrase like damsel in distress but like he Wendy in the book had like a lot more of a of a protective role a little mm. bit more of like an active thing going on where like in the movie she, I think the video was saying like a shriveled flower yeah I think that was an accurate shriveled flower but even then yeah. but even then like I don't think that in, that entirely holds either because like if you look at them the entire time that they're at the Overlook Hotel, like, Wendy is, like, infinitely more competent than Jack. She's <laughs> yeah. the one, like, maintaining the boiler. Yeah. She's yeah. cooking. Yeah, she's, she's t- actually giving a shit about her son's health. She's the actual winter caretaker. Yeah. 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 So. Jack just sits there cleaning. and writes. Yeah. yeah. And, and... Gets angry at Wendy. And gets angry at Wendy. And, that, and that's all he really... Literally, <laughs> literally he here. wakes up to a breakfast made by yes. her. Yes. And then she, like, you know, and then later on she has to defend herself. And she does this twice mind you too because mm-hmm. with the bat and then later on in the whole climactic bathroom the scene knife, the knife yeah. she puts her son through the window first right. like she's actually like in i mean i don't know i'm not gonna pretend like the, the, her depiction was perfect but like there is a lot of power in that in mm-hmm. that character and it just it only you know it comes out when it needs to though right of. i don't know i think in her actions she she did you know like take care of the hotel and like put her child first and all that but like i don't know if this was um due to like stanley kubrick's like direction or if if shelly duvall i don't know 
decided to portray her character like this, but like I did not like how how like I don't know what's the right word like willowy. Every time she runs, it looks like she doesn't it, it know looks, how to run. I yeah. know, I know. Oh my like she's god, she's never ran. I in didn't her want life. to bring the, it up. Up the stairs, yeah. <laughs> and she's then, like, like clapping her arms. No, there was one when she's running down the hallway. I think was it with a knife in yeah, her hand. I yeah. was I was dying, and I was like, maybe it's because I'm drunk. But <laughs> she looks like she's just like waving around yeah. her arms, and I. <laughs> Yeah. And like even how she delivers some of her lines, it's like very, like it it feels like a damsel in distress. Right. Even yeah. if she's right. saying something like right. correct or like you right. know whatever, she's just like I, I of, definitely yeah, didn't get any like protective vibe. sense. Like she definitely mm-hmm. wasn't. She didn't seem like the type who would stand up for herself. Like I think my because I never read the book, uh-huh. so my interpretation of her narrative throughout the the movie was that you know she was like. Like uh, you know, a housewife, like who never worked, or who depends mm. on her husband, yeah. you know, and they're struggling, right. and then you know she's finally gonna stand up for herself in this like domestic violence, domestic abuse family, where she realizes this is gonna, this isn't gonna work, mm. yeah. And for my son and for myself, we need to do better. That's kind mm. of like what I got from her in the movie, mm. and that mm. was like it. Like I did not see her as being. Like, I mean, I do like that sort of development. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how much yeah. of that I saw. I mean. But- I mean, piecing together here and there. Like, she didn't really have that many, like, development roles. Like, right, in, in yeah. the movie. She didn't have a lot of scenes to develop. Yeah. Like, I, I think to me, the movie felt like it was just pieces of, like, Jack going more and more crazy, mm-hmm. Danny getting scared mm-hmm. a little bit, talking to Tony, mm-hmm. and then Wendy just maintaining the hotel. That was, like, that yeah. was <laughs> the movie that I really yeah. got. Yeah. Um,. I, I, so I I wanted to circle back real quick because you mentioned mm-hmm. like whether whether um, Shelley Duvall brought that out or if Kubrick brought that out. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of that was Kubrick. Mm, and I I'm do, not surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so apparently, like Kubrick and and Duvall had a, like a very very toxic thing going on during the shooting of, of The Shining, mm. where he would be like, I guess emo- I might as well call it emotional abuse, really. But he was like mm-hmm. constantly picking up parts of her performance. And at one point, he said that she wasted the time of everyone on the oh set. My God. Um, he would like turn around to, ca- to crew members and say, "Oh, don't sympathize with her and shit like that." Wow. And it's like, and I mean, mind you, like, like these are already like pretty stressful conditions. You're doing shot after shot after shot because mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick wants the perfect shot. Yes, he is a um, perfectionist. Yes, and they've got like intense amount of lightings to simulate a, sn- a snowstorm and stuff like that. And uh-huh. I mean, I think you can kind of see it during the, the bat scene too, like. If you pay attention to Shelley Duvall, like, a little bit before when she starts going up the stairs versus when she starts going up the stairs versus after, while she's going up the stairs, she is, like, worn the fuck out. Like, she's, like, sweating, like, her clothes are sticking to her, like, she's, like, seriously physically exhausted. Oh, my God. And and, and I thought it was kind of funny because the next time you see her, it's I think it was in the kitchen and, like, her clothes are just, like, normal again. (laughs) And I was like, what? How did, yeah. But... For what it's worth, like, apparently Kubrick took a lot of pride in her performance. Mm. And after the fact, I think Shelley Duvall said something to the effect of, this isn't a perfect quote, but, like, she basically said, oh, okay, I, I kind of see why he did it, but I would never do that again. Yeah. And I understand that. I mean, Jack Nicholson mm. comes from the idea of method acting. I guess Kubrick has that sort of idea behind the way he acts as well. But, like, uh-huh. 
But I feel like there's like a almost like a running trope of method actors being like abusive to their co-stars, and this yeah. is literally <laughs> that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, was I don't. So uncomfortable with that once I, once yeah. I found out. Even though Shelley Duvall came out later and said that like it's. It's still emotional abuse, and it's just like I don't know if you guys have seen *I Tanya*, but that actually yeah. sort of deals with that theme a little bit mm-hmm. about like parents raising their kids with this like, like really harshly like tiger moms almost, or like just really pushing your kids hard. So mm-hmm. later they succeed big, like. But was that you know still good? Like, is it good or bad? Right? Like, can they recognize that they succeeded? Yeah, like. Because like because they succeeded, does it justify them just like emotionally abusing their kid over the years, mm-hmm. right? And like I don't think it does. And mm-hmm. like same thing with this. Like if I don't agree with Stanley Kubrick's methods, and I get he's a I perfectionist, don't. and like his shots, some of them look just amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but like <laughs> yeah, but you're, if yeah. you're gonna shoot a sim- single shot like hundred times and put your crew and actors through hell to do it. Like, it's not worth it. According to Legend, yeah. 127 times. But the steady cam. <laughs> Which ca- scene? Uh, the, the, the bat scene. The going bat up the scene 127 uh, times? That's what the Guinness Book of World Records says, but some of the steady cam operators dispute that. So <laughs> I'm like... It's just I, an I insane really number of times. That is crazy. Insane. But the, the story's believable. And, yeah. and given how exhausted Shelley Duvall looks, and honestly, like you can even see it a little bit in Jack Nicholson, too, that he's like... This. Nicholson was not exactly Mm. loving it either because he apparently would. So they fed him a diet that he disliked for two weeks to prepare him for the bowl. Oh, really? Whatever. It was like cheese sandwiches. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Did fatten him up? (laughs) No, no, because he hated cheese sandwiches. To get him angry? I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I don't know. That's good acting. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. And, um. God. Apparently he, uh, oh my god, I just blanked on what I was going to say. I can give you another Nicholson fact instead. So apparently during the axe scene, oh wait, no, now I remember, I'm sorry. So Nicholson would apparently, after a certain point, the script was being rewritten so many times that he would just give up and just kind of just work with whatever script they gave him for the day. So he didn't even (laughs) bother reading it after a certain Mm. point. So because of that, there's kind of like no working script. The only like screenplay that you can find is like after the fact, which is basically a oh, transcription like, like, of what goes yeah. on. Um, hmm. But yeah, fun Nicholson fact though that I'll drop here. So Nicholson was a, a volunteer fire marshal, oh. and because of that, when they initially tried shooting the axe scene, they just they just put like a set door up there, which isn't like a real door at all, and he mm-hmm. busted through it in like one hit. And they were like, <laughs> Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> we need to do better here. So they had to put an actual door oh, in for Nicholson wow. to chop through. He's too good with the axe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> His axe work is uh, oh. handy. <laughs> yeah. So Nicholson wow. did not play. Yeah. By the way, that scene when he the like climactic Icon, scene that everyone yeah. knows um that was like the one scene one quote that i really knew from the movie before mm. going in and i was like so excited to actually see that yeah <laughs> but <You> then <laughs> but then i was so like confused because i'm like because i know he says here's johnny right mm. but then his name is jack and i was like wait <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why does wait, he- <laughs> that's why i got confused afterwards i was like what's his name johnny or jack jack is a nickname for john though that is a thing like i've heard people call john's jacks but I haven't heard, heard the other, stuff. yeah. But I mean, like, I, I'll i buy it. But I was just like, all right, his name isn't Johnny or John. That was improvised. <laughs> That's what I read oh, on Wikipedia. Yeah, oh. no, that was improvised. Kubrick almost cut it, too. He was like, I don't know what the hell this is. And they explained, oh, it was Johnny Carson 
Swift's like tagline. They're like, all right, sure. And then it becomes the most iconic scene. <laughs> And like I want to say though that he did do a, like Jack Nicholson. He did do a good job like acting creepy <laughs> for <laughs> sure. <laughs> like no, I think of, there's one person that was spooked by throughout the whole movie that was definitely him. Oh, that's like, with good. His, with his eyes, like he he, yeah, he has did a look crazy. Dead yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has a crazy look, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think the way that the film was shot kind of lends to it too because something that I, that I noticed that I, at first bothered me and then I was like, all right, I guess I'm gonna use this is like. Whenever they would have a conversation, you would see the two people, and then they would alternate between showing one person and then the other, like, mm-hmm. without fail. And I think mm-hmm. it was, it's kind of weird, because I'm very used to, like, two people talking in a scene, and you see both of them on, on screen, but instead the focus is so much on one person. And I guess, like, Nicholson, like, shined in that, because he's, you know, he's very expressive, Um but I also like can't help but wonder if like they needed to shoot it like that. Mm. Like it feels, it almost feels as though they like shot the entire movie with everyone in a separate room, except for like <laughs> one day where they brought people together for the scenes where oh you would see, you know, two people together. Isolation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isolation. <laughs> <Right now>. thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Who brings their family somewhere for eight months? Like, that was what <laughs> yeah, scared me. <laughs> you know, if I had internet in that hotel, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I yeah. would totally live it up. The Simpsons uh, parody of it actually had the TV line cutting out uh, <laughs> as what drove Homer insane. Oh my so, god! Yeah. <laughs> Stress of horror, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I sorry. I want to comment on the way that it was shot, just to like mm-hmm. since we brought it up. Yeah, like I think um, because like you know taking care of a hotel for like five months is like really boring. There's nothing to do except like maintenance. So, like, the way... Is it five months? I'm trying to count it out right now, actually. Pretty sure, because he said five months somewhere. Oh, I think it's October 31st to whatever. So, I guess November, December... Halloween! No, or, I don't know if October counted. Let's just say it didn't. Yeah. November, December, January, February, March. I'm forgetting the months. Okay, <laughs> it's seven or eight. Oh, seven so. or eight. Okay, yeah. so I said five because he said five talking to Lloyd. So, he must have been there for about two months at that point, I guess. One or two. Yeah, sure. But like, I remember. It's inconsistent. Anyway. It's creepy. Ooh. All right. All right. <laughs> well, point is, um, like, every time, they keep showing Danny, like, going down the hallways. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like that kind of adds to the monotony of, like, how it is being at the hotel for that long by yourself right. mm-hmm. and going to do. Right. And I think that kind of sets the mood a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing happens and then suddenly something happens. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the baseline yeah. of the film. I mean, I think if I watched this movie when it came out and I was, like, a a teenager or, like, a middle schooler, like, I would probably be scared. Like, I'd be like, wow, this is so well made and so scary. I mean, I wouldn't bet on it since it's you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, since it's me. I I would imagine if it was the 80s, I wouldn't have many chances to watch horror movies before then. So I'd be, like, an innocent soul who is easily scared. You'd also be listening to synth music all day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I'm. <laughs> Ooh, oh, wait. One thing about the '80s is is that, and this kind of goes back to the Shining that they do, right? Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't really show. So I'm I'm surprised they didn't choose to show it like with like that voiceover that you know yeah. like '80s movies tend yeah. to do. Wait. I oh, I should just say. What, wait, didn't they do that I when was Dick was shining with with Jack? Kind of though. Did he shine with Jack? Um, not Jack. Um, Danny. Like, you mean during the ice cream scene? Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. I think he might have, but I don't. But they didn't really do it, like, long distance, and I would love okay. to see that. Because, like, some of the 
parts in this movie is like very 80s, like sudden zooms in people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like the chase, red rum. The entire chase thing. It's like <laughs> title scenes. Yeah. yeah. And I love the red rum scene because when we were, I, throughout the entire movie, I was like, ooh, red rum, what's that? And then it's like, dun, 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 mirror, murder. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to say I caught it the moment he started writing on the door. I was like, oh, that's murder. <laughs> and then there was like two yeah. seconds before the big review, so. Yeah, apparently Stephen King didn't even realize it until he typed it on his typewriter. And he was like, oh, wait, that sounds great. <laughs> it's not like a string of consonants. Yeah. Murder. Work. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. I feel like that was an old thing, like, that they used to do in, like, scary, like, I guess, like, horror stories. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, an- like what are they called? Anagrams? Um, Anagrams? No, I mean, like, when you, like, flip words around, well, or, like, what are they called again? I guess that is a palindrome? Well, it's not really a palindrome. Oh, not a palindrome. Right? No, 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 no. I don't no, know no, if there's no. a word for that. There's prob- there probably Yeah, but, like, is. that's kind of, like, the wordplay is, like, common in a lot of older horror stories. Yeah. yeah. Even so. in Harry Potter, I, <laughs> Tom Revolver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> honestly, that was so, like... <laughs> I know that was kind of forced in my yeah. in my opinion. Like maybe you just wanted Tom. They had to add I am. There. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like have sure. to have proper yeah. grammar. Um, all right, any other points you guys want to bring up about criminal. The Shining? Um, I mean, I think I'm pretty done with like all the points I wanted to bring up. Okay, so two things I had. One is a pet theory, and the other is like not my own theory, but like scares the shit out of me. <laughs> One. So the entire bat scene, and we were talking a little bit about like about like the abuse and, or rather like the, the kind of abusive dynamic between Jack and, and Wendy. And I thought that a lot of the movie revolved around Jack attempting to get control over his family. Mm-hmm. And you know when he's talking to Grady, I, I think it's where it first kind of clicks with him because Grady's like, well, you know, like I I felt like my daughters were out of control, so I disciplined them, which. Meant murder. Um, oh God! Red rum. To, to the casual listener, this is murder. Um, and then, and then he's like, and then my wife disagreed, so I disciplined her. And then it's like, yeah, okay, um, we get this. But that and like Jack, I feel doesn't really live a, a life where he feels very much in control of things. He, mm-hmm. it's apparent from the beginning that he's jumping from job to job, and that like he's he wants to write and he knows he wants to write, but. He can't really find a way to make, to make the ends meet. He was working as a teacher for a while, and now he's taking a job as a caretaker, which is a bit of an interesting career shift. Um, he has alcohol issues. He, when he's talking with, uh, that's, I'll talk about that later. Um, he alcohol issues. He's having trouble even writing, and he and he has this insecurity where he feels his son is more attached to his mother than to him. And he mentions mm. this with Lloyd. Um, so, and. Like I think, like the first like real climax in the movie is is with is with Wendy and Jack where they're climbing up the the stairs and she's waving a bat at him. So I think the bat is supposed to be phallic, and here's why. Be- Wait, what? The oh, the bat. The bat. Okay. Because Jack wants control, and I think it's it's part of a drive that like he feels like if he's not in control, his masculinity is kind of at stake. And Wendy has he thinks has his control over him, whether it's like. I think at one point he's like, hey, why why do you want to take our son to the doctor? Like, don't you care about my writing career? Don't you care about my legal contract that I have drafted with my mm. employers? And I think that he feels as though Wendy is in control and he sees, and he drives his masculinity from that. So he sees the bat and it's kind of more or less a 
large waving dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because and she's waving it in his face, and it, it's taunting him. Actually, I, I think, and and his attempt to grab that bat is really to grab control and grab mm-hmm. and to, I guess, feel masculine again. But okay. this is my theory. I don't know. Yeah, I could totally see that being yeah. being a paper you can write on. Like honestly, yeah. I yeah. I don't do film. <laughs> I think I definitely see control being one of his main issues. This is an alcoholic uh-huh. we're talking about. He's definitely been job hopping, like. Given, like, you know, expectations of a typical, I guess, adult mm. male, like, you're supposed to provide. You're supposed to bring food to the table. You're supposed to be successful. You're supposed to have control of everything and, you know, have a house. You know, be, be this perfect family that they're clearly not. So I think that's definitely something he's struggling with. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see where you're coming from in that sense. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Constant problem. There you go. I guess the other one's more of a question I had. What was your take on the bear scene? Because I'm still, like... I was just confused. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I... That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> I didn't know what was I, happening. I, like, totally forgot about that scene until I was, like, reading, you know, like, reviews online. And they mentioned the bear scene. And I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think... Yeah. I think I was in the same boat as Karen where I saw it. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I guess ghosts so, are coming out. So I just, yeah. like automatically ignored it because <laughs> okay so to my understanding there was there was a scene in the book i don't remember this at all where apparently someone in a dog costume had a homosexual relationship with someone and i guess that was like kubrick's way of putting it on the screen early but furries it but it doesn't yeah <laughs> big furries but, but i was just that was the one thing that like just confused me as a child and even now I'm just still like I don't know what the fuck I don't happened. think that was obvious I that I don't yeah I think he was I, I couldn't tell that it was a, a male bear really it was a like, male a, bear it could so, be a female bear so I mean it was hug, I think he was hugging a guy wasn't he so well okay so the first time I ever saw the movie I only I only saw the cut of the bear and the guy but in the second cut, I like watched it again, and I looked on Wikipedia, and apparently he's uh, filleting the guy, which I did not know at all. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so I don't I... <laughs> remember it. But when I like, I read that on Wikipedia, I was like, oh, did that happen? Like maybe I might be making up this like scene I see in my head. But like, to be fair, I didn't even know that he was a bear. It was just like a guy in a furry costume with a yellow face. I'm like, I wonder. I guess it must be. A bear, because it was like closer. <laughs> it was the closest yeah. resemblance to a bear, you know. Like that was that was just like strange to me. I don't know. I yeah. just like I wanted to know if you picked up anything from it because I'm still a little bit lost. I've heard mm-hmm. some really like weird theories about it that like oh it's evidence that like Jack is abusing Danny, and I'm like I don't see that at yeah, all. Yeah, I what? saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that theory. Wait, wait, can you explain that theory to me? Like it's that um like not only is he abusing Danny like physically, just like sexually as well. And yeah. I think they point out a couple of like different scenes throughout the there movie. Was, there was one thing where like, but he was at, hugging Danny or something. On well, his lap? well, that entire scene was well, a little creepy. That's so yeah. wrong. Right, but I don't know if I saw. But I think there was like other bear imagery or like stuff like that. There was a bear pillow. The two that I remember is that there was a bear pillow behind Danny, and in the scene where Danny's brushing his teeth, he kind of adopts a similar pose that the bear had. Mm -hmm. But that's like all I. I was like, that that seems like a very strong connection to draw here. 
I guess you could make that argument, but like I don't know. Like you're yeah. dragging out the string and the and the pins for the billboard. Yeah, there were like out. I've like, seen like people were pointing out very like very detailed stuff, mm-hmm. and like I'm sure it was intentional, like because Kubrick is perfectionist. But like I don't know, like he was like the toothbrushing scene. It was like there was yeah. a picture of Dopey on the door or something, and then it was gone <laughs> when he came out. Like he lost his innocence yeah. or whatever. Jesus Christ! So oh one, my gosh! Speak stuff like that though. The one thing that I uh-huh. now I have two more things. Yeah. All right, go on, <laughs> right. go on. Okay, the one thing that I, I really appreciated was that like at one point you see Jack like just smash a bunch of plates across the or dishes or whatever the hell it's some metal i don't know across the kitchen and then mm-hmm. later you see shelly trip over it or wendy trip over it mm-hmm. and i was just like oh snap they paid attention to that they caught oh. that detail <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing is that is one of the other theories that i've heard about this movie is that it's entirely supposed to be an analogy to um to native well american indians really yeah i and, saw that theory too yeah and that one's kind of interesting to me because it's like the entire hotel was so. I think at some point they allude to the idea that the hotel was, the land was basically stolen from it, from American Indians, mm. and then the was it built on a burial ground? It was built on a burial ground as well, oh. yeah. right? There, and then all through the hotel, there's like art that is of an American Indian style. Yeah, I saw that. Theory, and then, you, yeah. and then at some point you see Jack like throwing a ball on it, kind of con- conveying this disrespect, and then oh. ultimately a series of violent acts occur upon it. Which is supposed to represent like the violence that occurred to American Indians. So, yeah, I think that one's kind of a compelling like hmm. idea, but I don't know. That wouldn't be weird though, because uh, I think the idea of I guess um, Native Americans. I wasn't sure which one to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I always Indian. say Native Americans. All right, I thought so. American Indian was the right one. Either way, um, yeah, he has a lot of. Um, I guess uh, I don't know, like legends of like them like disrespecting like Native Americans and themes of kind of like that throughout his books. I read huh. something about that for for it also. Oh really? Yeah, I think in terms of I didn't from in the book, but not yeah. in the. Movie. I mean, I would buy that theory. I I can yeah. I can see, and yeah, they also had like a like canned food with like Native American like head wear on it yeah, oh, yeah so. I, I, I didn't catch that though i didn't I mean, catch I it, it. <laughs> yeah, analysis videos. Afterwards, yeah. <laughs> damn analysis videos <laughs> showing us what we missed yeah. <laughs> love them yeah. also apparently it, it could be either or at oh, least okay. from the 10 yeah, seconds i've spent both. on wikipedia so. yeah i've heard both native american and american indian okay okay um yeah but you know overall like I didn't catch any of this, like, subtle, you know, details and theories mm-hmm. while watching the movie. But I did enjoy myself watching it. I don't know if I'll do it again anytime soon because it is, like, three hours. But <laughs> I did enjoy it while I did. Yeah. How about you guys? I had a good time. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like watching older movies. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't get to do it very often. But when I do, it's good. It's mm-hmm. fun. I'm glad I watched it and I can cross it off my to-watch list. <laughs> so now you can say <laughs> I watched it. Rest in peace. This is Karen saying she didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Karen's words. <laughs> All right. So this wraps up today's episode of Drink and Discuss. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us, you can email us at drinkanddiscuss at gmail.com. That's drink, the letter N, discuss at gmail.com. See a picture of our red rum cocktail on our Instagram at drink and discuss. That's also drink, letter N, discuss. Read that backwards. It says murder. <laughs> this has been Christine Kim. 
Karen Go. And Steve Yurchek. See you next time. <laughs>